these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I am the love gov. I'm a cool dude and loose mood. You know that. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Hey, hey, now it's a little Friday. We're in a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Hackers. Hackers. Hackers hacking. They hacked into the Twitter. Tried to steal people's money. Hackers. They're the worst. Hey, hate hackers. I wish I knew how to hack, as I've said before. I don't, I don't think there's anything I would struggle to even get started with more than hacking. I assume oh, I would sit boy. down at a computer, but that's that's as far as I can go. It's an excellent start. I assume I'd turn it on, but... You've got some real momentum. Past that. I don't know. I suppose, oh. I, actually, I suppose I'd Google how to hack and go through some of those. But. I had a science teacher in middle school, uh, junior high, as we called it at the time. His, his name was Mr. Hacker. He's a fine teacher. He was the classic teacher you heard was mean for years. Oh, my God, he's mean. Then you get into his class and you realize, oh, he keeps order in the classroom and he teaches and you learn. Ah, okay. Yeah. He's a good man. I wonder if he's still around. That fits in with the hackers thing, though? What was that? His name is Mr. Hacker. Oh, I see. I got you. Hello. That, there didn't, it didn't, uh, okay. Um... So, I don't believe he was responsible for the hack of Twitter, in which they posted to the accounts of from Barack Obama to Kanye West to uh, uh, Elon Musk, Elon Bill Gates, Gates right? Obama, Apple. Exactly. The, uh, I'm feeling generous. Uh, send a thousand dollars of Bitcoin uh, to me, and I'll send you two thousand dollars. And apparently, there are 100 people in this n- world. I almost said country, but the internet is international. And there are 100 people who, A, have $1,000, and B, are so damned gullible, they went ahead and sent it. People actually did it. About 100000 bucks worth, they wow. say. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I always just assume nobody does that stuff. You wouldn't think there'd be that big an intersection. People who had $1,000 and can figure out how to send it in Bitcoin. Have $1,000 right now. And they're that dumb. In this current period. Right. And I was just watching the video coming up in the elevator of... uh uh. The video of protesters getting a shipment of bats before the Brooklyn Bridge brawl that happened. Was that yesterday or the day before? Uh, mm, Yes. I think it was. One of those uh, deals where where did the pallet of bricks come from? Where did the uh, chunks of cement come from? Where did this delivery of bats? You know, I'm a little better at that. I'd be better at that than hacking into a computer, but it would take me a while to figure out where am I going to get a whole bunch of bats and have them delivered to a certain spot. Mm-hmm. In the midst of a riot on a specific day, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and uh, and somebody did. Boy, I, I wish they'd get this nailed down nationwide. Anyway, that's well, at least the mainstream media continues to uh, just describe them as uh, civil rights protesters. Well, you can't blame Who them order to order pallets extent. of bats because it was the governor of Oregon that yesterday said, "Hey, these are peaceful protesters, Mister President, stay out." Yeah, there's been twenty three million dollars worth of damage done to businesses in Portland with uh, six weeks of nightly rioting. 
uh, that uh, how do peaceful protesters damage twenty three million dollars worth of stuff? And those videos, they're clumsy. All those videos that are online are those all lies? If they are, you need to, somebody needs to explain where they came from or how that mm-hmm. works. Anyway, yep. there's, there's that story. Trump's uh, shaking up his uh, campaign staff, so there's that story. Uh, and then the latest on the vid, of course, the stupid, stupid vid. Yes, thanks, China. Yeah, taking in all my media pre-show today. Trump obsession is back at full fever pitch and uh, and the vid. That's all I heard about. And I, I came in this morning determined to not be an echo of that. We do have some vid stuff you probably ought to know. And the president's name may come up, but it will not be a nonstop oh, Trumpathon. God, no. God, no. no. I, would go, I would go home. Jesus. <laughs> If if Trump loses, man I, at the end of his rope. I really hope that the well, our our growing um uh, infatuation with who's president has been has been going on my entire adult life, and uh, I, I uh, anyway, I can't even talk about the obsession of it. It drives me crazy. Wow, again, a man at the end. Um, every issue in your life is not related to the president. How about that? The president n- neither should nor will. Fix every problem in your life. You shouldn't even think of the president for 90% of governmental uh, issues. I'm getting more. And yet we're obsessed. I'm getting more excited about the NBA season because I like the NBA. I like NBA playoffs. I'm, I hate the NBA. Too much scoring. I'm looking for LeBron winning his third <laughs> championship in, uh, with or three different towns. Ugh. Um, I can't so, even stand to look at him. Oh, I can't wait. I don't think it'll happen, but I can't wait. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad to get started. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Good morning, Jack. How are you this morning, Mike? Hey, good, good. Um, I guess NASCAR is uh, going to have an event with 30,000 fans, but they're going to space them out six uh, feet apart, and I think that'll be a real test for sports, to be honest with you. Yeah, those stadiums hold 100 grand. You'd think you could fit 30 in there without getting very close to each other. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I was saying, when's the next time we'll see 10,000 people in a stadium? Well, maybe the answer's next week uh, with the NASCAR, since their stadiums are so gigantic. Uh Uh, Sean, I don't want to interrupt your uh, opening thought, but uh, if you had to lay a wager on whether or not they complete an NBA season, like crown a champion, how how likely? Better than 50-50 or less than 50? I would bet against it. You would bet against it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but how heavily? You were asked for a number, son. A number! Give us a number! Uh, 33. 30%, 30% chance that it actually completes. Great, right? Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling a number completely out of thin air. Right, but uh, yeah, yeah, it just seems unlikely to me, too. Anyway, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing, uh, doing very well. Now, now, let's pretend we didn't already talk about the hacking and the Bitcoin thing okay. with the Twitter. So, yeah, it was a great day yesterday. Some of my favorite influencers, they just offered to double my Bitcoin. So I, I went ahead. I sent them <laughs> some Bitcoin there. Smart. I'm just catching up on the news of the day. And, oh, no. <laughs> but I, I agree with your sentiment that I am shocked at how effective these and the Nigerian prince scam type things are. But they do it because they work. But I, I guess also, you have to go with that logic. It seems to be true. But they I do also, it because it works. I also feel like... I'm not yet convinced that the the sum total of the impact of this was some sort of Bitcoin thing. That seems like a smokescreen and maybe more nefarious things. Because this seems like somebody breaking into, I don't know, Fort Knox, getting inside the vault, and then their in-game plan was lighting a bag of poo on fire. Yeah, right, right. Like, Stealing like, the mail. <laughs> the, the scale and the... Uh, the, the ubiquitousness of this this attack could have gone way worse, and it's surprising that they 
did the uh, the Bitcoin equivalent of the Nigerian prince scam with it. So you it. think well, it was like a test to see if they could get in or something? Well, I don't know. I will. There are a couple of things, and, and it's a bit of a, uh, a paradox, a conundrum, a mystery. They did get $100,000 out of it. Yeah. In cash. I doubt they're going to pay their taxes on that. So that's a heck of a day, making a hundred grand from a bunch of suckas. On the other hand, if they could successfully hack into all of those accounts in one day, tweet repeatedly for a long time on that skill, you'd think they'd have sat around and had a cup of coffee or two and thought, all right, what's a really, really, really effective scam we could come up with? Like a some sort of super persuasive send five dollars to defeat Donald Trump pitch if I to am, this web address or whatever. I mean, you could get tens of tens of thousands of people to throw you five, ten, twenty, fifty bucks. Or, way. or you know, you get into politics or whatever. I would think if you are a hacker or know a hacker that has the capability to do that, you would use it for something bigger, like Sean said. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some poor guy just needing a hundred grand to make a down payment on the home of his dreams. Uh, you know, get get himself a wife, a couple of kids in the suburbs. Just wants to live a nice life. And he was in a tight spot, exactly. And he thought, well, I could hack into Elon Musk's account and mm-hmm. launch a Bitcoin scam. Yeah, th- yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. It's Thursday, July sixteenth, an important anniversary. We'll talk about later. The year twenty twenty, or Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then. Officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. Shark Week is hard, man. Shark Week's main event, Tyson vs. Jaws, Sunday, August 9th, on Discovery. Someone's gonna get bit. So, oh boy. So oh Mike Tyson boy. is going to fight a shark on Fox? Probably very similarly to the way that Michael Phelps raced a shark in previous Shark Week promotions, where the, this sounds really cool and quirky, no, but I, no, I, it doesn't. I think in practice it is it is less than a than, than if, what we are imagining. If I were seven years old, I might think it sounds cool. But... Well, and we're on, unaware of A, the biting, which obviously they're now making light of, even though it was disgusting, horrific, and inexcusable. A sign of a psychopath. Right, when Mike Tyson bit <laughs> Vander Holyfield's ear off. Twice. And he's a convicted <laughs> rapist. Other than that, it's delightful. <laughs> Somebody's going to get bit. <laughs> boy, I can just see over there at the Discovery Channel them saying, boy, it had Michael Phelps racing the shark thing. It sounded great. Turned out to be a disaster. Is there an idea we can come up with that's even worse than that? Oh, that and I'm... I don't mean a little worse. I mean significantly worse. Jim, do you have anything? I remember that one had my whole household mad. <laughs> it's, just, it's so ridiculous. Uh, anyway, how does mailbag look? We could have a Charlie Sheen give drugs to a shark and have sex with it. No, 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 no. Who else has something? We could uh, have Roseanne Barr say something racially insensitive to the shark. Then we could fire her in the first segment. You're an idiot. Get out. All right. What? Mailbag? Mailbag? Oh, we have an outstanding uh, freedom-loving quote of the day. Can't wait to lay it on you. The world did change 75 years ago today. I've been uh, doing a lot of research on this. I'll bring you some highlights of that story. It's pretty interesting, I think, among other things, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So 
Walmart announced it yesterday, Kroger today, two of the biggest shopping chains in America and popular, you know, in uh, in, in red areas of the country have announced, got to wear a mask if you're coming in. That might change the mask conversation nationwide. I don't know. Or there's going to be more fights and stabbings and that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'd bet on the latter. We have a, uh, we'll, we'll have a hold a discussion coming up in a little bit about the whole mask thing. We received a number of emails from some of you who are anti-maskers and <clears throat> I've heard various doctors on various shows saying various things and or um, we'll, we'll just have a discussion. Okay. And we will offer up some of those anti-opinions for everyone else to consider. Mailbag. Freedom, Love, and Quote of the Day, sent along by uh, Susan here from Norman Cousins. History is a vast early warning system. I love it for its simplicity. History is a vast early warning system. Hmm. If you know history, you see what's happening. You, you see the problems coming and can nip them in the bud. Unless, unless... For instance, America's colleges are so effective in indoctrinating the children, they're on board with uh, the evildoers. Uh, one more, a bonus freedom-loving quote of the day, passed along by Kathy. Uh, again, the brilliant Thomas Sowell. Logic, of course, is not the only test of a theory. Empirical evidence is crucial. And yet social visions have shown a remarkable ability to evade, suppress, or explain away discordant evidence. Historic evasions of evidence are a warning, not a <clears throat> not a model. Dedication to a cause may legitimately entail sacrifice of personal interest, but not sacrifices of mind or conscience. Con- that should be conscience, I think. Um, yeah, the ignoring the empirical evidence of how these ideas have worked every time they're tried is is a hallmark of you know the intellectual and the the progressive. I think we got 50 texts during the commercials saying that NASCAR event was last night, which is interesting in that uh, we have that many people that are NASCAR fans. In a stadium that holds 160,000, they had 30,000 fans. That's the biggest crowd for a sporting event since the COVID thing started. Hmm. But if you got a stadium that holds 160, you can spread them out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Probably no line at the bathroom either. I hope they kept all the bathrooms open and didn't, you know, like just open half of them. I wonder if it was That'd fun. That'd be luxurious. I wonder if it was fun being there or if the whole the place is kind of empty. You know, you can see a really good band, but if you, if the place is kind of empty, it's just, it just it loses some of its juice. Yeah, some of it. 30,000 people is still a lot of people, but, you know, spread out like that. I don't know. Uh, Frodo writes, <clears throat> I'm a military <laughs> member stationed in Italy. Just thought I'd drop you a line since you won't see this in any news, and if you did, it would be labeled, Trump wants all military children dead, so he's reopening military schools. The DOD schools in Europe are reopening, and not all the rules have been developed yet, but we'll be back to normal in the fall, mostly. Part of this is the need for all military personnel to be able to get back to work full-time and not be at home trying to educate their children. They're allowing you to register to do school virtually if you want, but you have to do it for the whole semester. No flip-flopping. Basically, they're discussing the risks and benefits and making an informed decision. Shocking! I think this has a lot to do with not having a teacher's union in these schools. Oof. Well, we got a clip we're going to play later. They asked five doctors on MSNBC, would you send your kid to school? And they all said, all of them said, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's something. Also, you were discussing eating horses the other day. It's a main staple here in southern Italy. What? It's delicious. And I haven't seen any Midwestern-style horse farms for the meat, so that leads me to believe they must be stealing people's pets and using them. Well, that's a theory. I don't know about that. but So lots of horse eating in southern Italy. 
I had no idea. Mamma Mia, that's a spicy quarter horse. Uh, let's see. Twisted Boomer Mama writes, uh, we need to get word out to change matter to count. So people say black lives count and can disassociate the idea from the group Black Lives Matter yeah, because I, they're Marxists. If I'm a fan of the idea, well, I am, but uh, if I was like marching for it, I'd, I'd, I'd want to take it. It's a really good slogan. It's mm-hmm. too bad it was taken over by <clears throat> communists. Right. Brian from the Ding on the topic of are there any Joe Biden bumper stickers? This is an actual photograph. This car has a big Bernie 2020 sign or a bumper sticker on it. And below it is a much smaller settle for Biden <laughs> sticker. I don't know if that counts as a Biden sticker. I, I saw a Bernie sticker yesterday and it reminded Bernard me. Bernard Sanders. I still haven't seen a Biden sticker yet. Now we're 110 days, I think, now from the election. Yeah. Um. Uh, will someone get elected president without me seeing one single sticker or sign for them? That'd be something. Surely when we get closer to election day. You would think. But I'm yeah. still seeing Bernie stuff. You know, putting a big old sticker on your car is a bit of a sacrifice. I mean, if I you're never do it for a anybody. committed lefty, you seem to be really into it. They're the sticker leaders in America. Uh, it's a small sacrifice, but nobody really wants any stick them on their car in Joe Biden's name. <laughs> that is, that's, I'm just, I won't make any sacrifice. I'll vote for him, but I won't make any sacrifice Yet whatsoever. He's leading that's a heck of a lot of polls, which is why Trump changed up his campaign team yesterday. Among, polls? What polls? Among other stories on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And if you don't want to hear it, well, then go on about your day. But wear a mask so we can celebrate. Please wear a mask so we can congregate. Just wear a mask. Nobody's trying to take your rights away. And if you're going to make that face, we'd rather you cover it up anyway. So we can yeah, get humor. our jobs back. The world ain't spinning around you. I know that's hard to hear, but wear a mask. <laughs> oh, and I hope this message gets through. Everything is not about you. Just be kind, listen, join me in this task. Please. did all the parts in that song. Oh, really? Yeah. So who put that out? Uh, just somebody from Nashville, where, where apparently there's a lot of talented people. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I just saw that video was floating around the internet yesterday. Um, there are uh, probably a thousand people in Nashville that could do that uh, before noon today. I'm so humbled by singers. Is. But um, uh, do, uh, th- that's interesting. So I think there's an angle of trying to get us to a certain segment of society that is anti-mask. Yes, clearly. Uh, I'm not sure she addressed the... Uh, well, she did address some of the arguments that the anti-mask crowd has. We're um, about to hear some of those, right? Um, we are indeed. This is the director of the CDC and what he said about mask wearing the other day. You know, I really do believe if the American public all embrace masking now, 
Um, and we really did it, you know, rigorously, maybe more like, uh, like the German citizens and the Germans say everyone isolate. I think they got a lot of cooperation. You know, when we probably, uh, isolated, we probably had less than half the American public, uh, do it. I think if we could get everybody to wear a mask right now, I really do think over the next four, six, eight weeks, we could bring this epidemic under control. Okay, so the headline was the CDC director saying if we'd all wear masks, we could have this thing under control in maybe four weeks. Mm -hmm. That was not a good effort to get to people who say it's about controlling us by saying the Germans did it. (laughs) (laughs) The Germans. But I'm not sure that helps you. But the Germans are very effective. (laughs) I'm not sure that helps your argument. (laughs) Nazi Germany. (laughs) Can we, uh, can we look to the, I don't know, the Spaniards, uh, the British, anybody but the Germans? And Walmart announced as of <laughs> this coming Monday, all across America, including a lot of rural areas and red states, uh, everybody's got to wear a mask if you're going into Walmart. Same mm. with Kroger Groceries. Yep. Kroger, Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> look, the Germans did it. The government <laughs> told them what to do, and they did it. They were good Germans. They gained control. We're not trying to control you. We just want you to be like good Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate choice of words. So we've received a number of uh, notes from folks who are uh, against wearing masks uh, for various reasons. And um, and they were written respectfully and so will be responded to respectfully. Hapful Jim with a very nice note. He travels around the country a great deal listening to the show and we thank him for that. Um, you know, Jim talks about places he's gone where the mask use is increasing, but they're still having more and more cases. Number one, Jim, it's just it's all anecdotal, which is not that helpful. And number two, it ignores the fact that especially in a situation like this, you take a measure because it will be helpful, not because it will eliminate the problem. And it could be the problem would have been much, much worse without the precaution. Well, so, so, so it's just not compelling, uh, a compelling argument. So I don't really know what the reasons are for not wanting to wear a mask, but some of it is you don't think it'll work. Which is interesting because you know surgeons wear a mask. Do you think that's pointless when they when they're operating on you, so they don't breathe on you? Yeah, yeah. And I will get to uh, some of my arguments in favor of it. Here is a nice note from Joanne, beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado, where my parents lived for quite a number of years, and we spent many a delightful evening on their back deck watching the storms roll in over Pikes Peak. One of my greatest memories, just the the grandeur and beauty of nature. Just wonderful. Anyway. Uh, plus, you got the Air Force Academy there, and you have people uh, parachuting all the time. You can just stop by the side of the highway and watch people jumping out of planes. Big fun. Anyway, uh, bah, 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 suggest we talk to uh, this doctor, some alternate doctor, and I don't use that term dismissively. I'm be- Dr. Nick. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. That's disrespectful there. But, um, who says, uh, let's see, the way they're being used is pointless and possibly harmful. Uh, cot, homemade cotton masks are just petri dishes for bacteria hmm. and do little if nothing to protect yourselves or others around you. Um, uh, I do, uh, I do find that, uh, somewhat compelling and interesting as I remember thinking about that, reading about that when I first started getting into masks. I live somewhere where masks have been mandatory to go inside businesses for four months now. I mean, we're way early. Um, but the idea that, you know, you're, you're getting those droplets on your mask and then you're handling your mask. And, yes. And you, you might have been better off without it in that case. But Well, yeah. Okay. So to the, the Petri dish thing, uh, you know, uh, t- take it off now and again. Throw it in the washing machine. Throw it in the washing machine. You're supposed to do that anyway. So that, that that's for stupid people. And I'd like to think I'm not among them. 
uh, Joanne, but, you know, cautioning the uh, dim-witted is, is the God's work, and I'm glad you did it. Uh, on the other hand, I have had two experiences lately that were incredibly illuminating. No pun intended. Number one, hanging out with some buds on a friend's back patio as the sun went down. And we were laughing and joking and, and the rest of it. We have been a couple of cocktails. I don't recall. Um, but a buddy of mine was holding forth, solving the problems of the world. Very bright guy. And, uh, and he was backlit by the sun perfectly to the point where I had sunglasses on, but it was kind of hard to look at him. I had to keep his head between me and the sun. Every word he said, particularly when he got animated, was accompanied by a an astounding amount number of uh, saliva droplets. I mean, more than you can believe. Also, uh, during the wintertime, I take Baxter out, his final uh, trip outside to do his business around 8, 8.30 at night, depending. Um, and I have a big flashlight, partly to ward off uh, beasts that might be in my backyard. And uh, I, have, uh, I'm, I live at the edge of nature, skunks specifically. But anyway... Um, at one point, I'm shining the flashlight around. I got it kind of held up close by my chest slash chin, and I coughed. And the spray, the cloud of droplets that went through the shaft of the light shocked me. That's gross. It is a little gross, but it was really interesting, too. Um, also, the amount of dust and crap you breathe in every year. Oh, every, sure. Uh, it's astounding just the uh, the systems we have in our bodies to then get rid of that. But... If you cover that talking, that coughing, that sneezing, that shouting, whatever, with a mask, that will cut down the spray, the cloud of droplets. You have no idea you're putting out. It will cut it by 80%, 90%, okay, which can make all the difference. That's it's the, undeniable. That's the science of it, uh, which I'm on board with. So how about the um, uh, either the government controlling us or you know all that sort of stuff? Uh, I just, I, um, because that isn't that I, most I'm of it? so worried about our real rights, which are being trampled on. My sense is I don't that, see this. my sense is that that's most of it. It's the government telling you to wear a mask. I'm not going to do what the government tells me to do, which is an impulse I kind of appreciate. Oh, I do too. I'm, I'm, yeah. that's what I was saying yesterday. I'm way down that road, like past the road of what, what, past the point of what most people think is normal on that road. But I am wearing a mask. Yeah. Great note from uh, Andy. Longtime correspondent Andy. I'm a libertarian, small L, and have checked out the science, and I've been wearing a mask since this thing started, despite early CDC claims they wouldn't help. Imagine my shock when conservative friends started insisting that masks were a communist control tactic, and there was no scientific evidence that they help. Yeah, the Germans did it. Do it just like the Germans did it. <laughs> there is, I claimed, and I showed them the studies, which they then ignored. Now, I don't like big government control, and I think the closures are ridiculous, but masks and hand-washing are the primary tools to avoid needing business closures. So he's with us. Take these precautions. We can open everything, and people can can make a living. Yeah, I'm more bothered by the government closing down private businesses and not educating kids when I've already paid for it. Right. And uh, we can do that if we wear masks. Here's the part that I really like. Here's what really doesn't make sense. Most at risk are elderly folks who are likely to vote conservative. There's a chance that slapping a mask on will save a few conservative voters for the fall. Why the heck would any conservatives not put on a mask? On the other side, why are statists so hell-bent on making everyone wear a mask when not wearing them would kill off more of their opponents? (laughs) 
Are they just upset they don't get to do it themselves in re-education camps the way they're supposed to? That's pretty funny. That's beautiful. Yeah, Andy's uh, credentials as a libertarian slash conservative are unimpeachable. That's pretty funny. Um, Hey, this is worth mentioning. I didn't hear this. Georgia's governor is banning Georgia cities and counties from ordering people to wear masks in public places. He voided orders on Wednesday that at least 15 local governments across the state had adopted. Uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. That so the governor a... says you're not allowed to make people wear masks. I hate central control. Sure. Um, and, and this appears to be taking local governments' rights to fashion solutions away. So I don't, I don't like it. I think it's a bad move. Uh, yeah, I somehow have uh, convinced myself, I think I did, uh, decide to wear a mask on my own. I have a kid with an immune system problem anyway, but uh, you know, I understand the impulse. I get it. If there, if there is a mayor in my face telling me to wear a mask, I might take it off even if I've already got it on. That's the kind of lunatic I am about yes, yes. the government telling me what to do. Right. But He, he uh, is. Trust me. <laughs> uh, we have one more note I want to get to at some point. Um who says, I don't get you guys. I'm confused by your messages on the air. Regarding masks or other Yeah, stuff? the pandemic. Hmm. You say wear a mask, but then you say the numbers are inflated and the rest of it. We'll get to this. Okay. I want to address it. All right. Again, it's, it's written uh, respectfully. It will be responded to respectfully. Y'all well, bring aren't the... you just a decent person? <laughs> How's the weather on the high road? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I'm>, uh... <laughs> Well, it's interesting up here. I, I don't spend a lot of time here, so it's, they plant flowers. Apparently, it's beautiful. Uh, so nobody we'll recognizes me. I have to introduce myself to everyone. You know, we we uh, do have some listeners, a few, who have that uh, that twittery. They come on with belligerence and certainty and that sort of thing when they're just dead wrong. I walk the low road, and everybody's, hey, Jack, what's up? I'm up on the high road, uh, and you are? Oh, no, there's there's a lo- road below the low road, and that's where I'll go to respond to them. Okay. Kind of the hockey fight road. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the thumb in the eye road. <laughs> All of that's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Everything has become politicized these days. Even beans. Liberals are out there saying, boycott the beans. And then Trump fans are like, we're going to elect this can of beans to Congress. If this is going to happen with all foods, well, then I'm calling dibs on water. Yeah, water. Water represents my political beliefs. And chocolate chip cookies, too. Yeah, that's... uh... Oh, a Mexican-American owner of a bean company said he's with Trump, and so the progressives want to boycott those beans. All right. All right. It's just beans, man. I saw a, a sign on a grocery store shelf in front of those Goya beans that said, due to unprecedented demand, uh, we ask you to limit yourself to two cans of these beans. <laughs> so, so much for the boycott, I guess. I don't. You people. You people. I tell you what. Things are getting really weird in America. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's uh, slipped past me. And uh, things have gotten really strange at the National Museum of African American History and Culture there on the National Mall. It's one of your uh, Smithsonian museums, don't you know? 
Uh, Beckett Adams wrote a piece in the Washington Examiner in which he posits that um, the uh, the African American Museum has gotten into the business of promoting white supremacy. What? And it, it, what he's talking about is that on the Smithsonian and, and Byron York of the Examiner tweeted about this yesterday. The Smithsonian web page, which is maintained by the federal government, includes an astonishingly racist graphic titled "Aspects and Assumptions of Whiteness and White Culture in the United States." Now, I will click upon it so I can read it to you uh, fully and accurately. Here are aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the United States. White dominant culture or whiteness refers to the ways white people in their traditions, attitudes and ways of life have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the United States. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we have internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of culture. Here are some of your aspects of whiteness. Rugged individualism. The individual is the primary unit. Self-reliance. Independence and autonomy are highly valued and rewarded. Individuals assume to be in control of their environment. You get what you deserve. That's whiteness. Well, if you're against that, that that's part of being the, the whole being a Marxist thing, isn't it? Uh, yes, sometimes, yeah. But, again, and think back to the poor kids of color in school who were smart and hardworking and achieved, and they were, and they were torn down, they were berated, they were mocked as acting white. And some of them resisted that and had wonderful lives. Some of them were pulled back down and, and, and had very unhappy lives. But this is that same cruelty, and it's horrifically racist. But anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, hard self-reliance is whiteness. Family structure, the nuclear family. Father, mother, children is the ideal social unit. That's whiteness. Children should have their own rooms and be independent. I don't know, their own rooms. I don't know, if, I don't know whatever, but... That's whiteness. Emphasis on the scientific method is whiteness. Objective, rational, linear thinking. Objectivity is whiteness. And rationality is whiteness. Cause and, ref- cause and effect relationships like physics and chemistry. That's whiteness. This is stunning. History, the primacy of Western uh, traditions. The Protestant work ethic is whiteness. Hard work is the key to success. Work before play. If you didn't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. This is whiteness and white culture. Yeah, that's uh, something Professor uh, James Lindsay did a whole podcast. Uh, He was really teed off as a guy who's into academics uh, about this uh, movement toward their different maths for different people. Right. And uh, he was bothered because uh, math, it would seem, is the the, the best example of something that is, uh, you know, unchangeable. It doesn't matter whether, uh, it doesn't matter uh, who you are or what your beliefs are. Math is the same. Right. Um, But that is not the belief in some uh, academic circles. Go ahead, Sean. If you do a little more clicking on that website, too, you'll find a video from the uh, patron saint of of white con artists, the the, the Robin D'Angelo of white fragility fame. Her fingerprints are all over this thing. Another another black scholar has utterly dismantled that idiotic book, this time in the Atlantic, maybe, and we'll share some of that with you. But 
Uh, one one reason I think now there are the useful idiots who believe this stuff just because they're so anxious to fit in and be rewarded for being good people they go along with this stuff without any critical thought. But I would suggest to you, and this is absolutely the history of totalitarian movements uh, on the so-called right or the so-called left, and um, in particular communism. There can be no objective truth but what the party says is truth. Orwell wrote about this, too, way back in the day. You cannot have an appeal to logic or evidence or science because if it conflicts with what the party is telling you, and it frequently does, I mean, virtually every assumption of communism is idiotic. So you you have to deny objective, rational thinking. You have to deny cause and effect. Quantitative emphases, you have to deny the individualism and the rights of the individual. And so while I think a lot of people pitching this garbage aren't avowed Marxist communists or want to take totalitarian control of the country, they're repeating some of the critical ingredients that go into totalitarian movements. It's incredibly dangerous. And this is the Smithsonian pitching this garbage. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's something. Somebody ought to tell Donald J. Um, during the coronavirus, more people are having online affairs. Uh, a woman who uh, was involved in a brutal testicle attack will have to bring you up to speed on. If you'd like to scream she out was into attacked the attacked by a testicle. If you'd like to scream out into the wilderness in frustration, we have a way for you to do it. All kinds of different things on the way. Armstrong and Getty.